You're listening to the Metamorphosis Podcast. What's up, girlfriend? Welcome to Metamorphosis with Mackenzie, where transformation and inspiration meet empowerment. Delve into the realms of science, spirituality, and personal growth as I share tools, powerful hacks, and captivating stories from my travels and experiences all around the world. Not only am I going to have you fully entertained, but as a self-love and glow-up coach, I'm going to have you on your way to your hottest, happiest, healthiest, and most successful self before you even know it. So sit back and enjoy or pop those AirPods in and get your hot girl walk on. Let's dive into it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Metamorphosis with me, your host, Mackenzie Angland. Today's episode is a deep dive into the world of masculinity, and I've invited an expert on the matter, Kevin Pasco, to join us. Kevin has studied and mastered masculine energy within himself and now leads a global movement teaching individuals exactly what healthy masculinity looks like and how to embody it in order to transform your life. Kevin's racked up millions of views on TikTok with his teachings. And in this hour-long episode, we talk about what the healthy masculine as well as the toxic masculine looks like in life, as well as relationships. But we do not stop the conversation there. The whole reason that I reached out to Kevin inviting him into this conversation is because I myself am studying masculine energy right now, not only to understand male behavior better when it comes to calling in my future partner, but also to understand the ways in which masculine energy also influences my life as a woman. So whether you're looking to expand this energy for yourself or understand your current or future partners better, this episode is going to be incredibly enlightening and expansive. Let's dive into it. Hello, Kevin. Welcome to Metamorphosis. It is so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Mackenzie. Yeah, absolutely. What I want to do first before we even dive into all of the topics for today is have you introduce yourself, a little bit about you, where you're from, what you do, and how you actually got into the masculine energy space and what that's looked like for you. For sure. Yeah, so my name is Kevin Pasco. Um, I fell into all of this really, I can say by accident, I never planned to be doing this type of work, but it came from me just having a bunch of problems and really not understanding and, uh, and, and really feeling like I was getting tossed around um, with a blindfold on and just like by being put into relationships and not understanding them, but knowing that I want to get better at them. And through that, getting better with like knowing myself and like, who am I? What do I love? What am I all about? And how do I like show up in a relationship? Uh, and that's always been something that's really fascinating to me. But really, it, it came down to me doing a bunch of work on myself, because I was not always this way. I was not conscious or aware of what was happening with me and myself. And then how I was like, how my energy was coming out in relationships. And it really sent me down this journey of like, really wanting to get better at that. And the more I did that for myself, by the way, this whole thing was like me making my own life better. All my relationships got better. All this like self-work that I did just improved every aspect of my life. And then it was starting to show up where um, a lot of people, you know, that are close to me and then now on TikTok, which is amazing that I get to connect with such an incredible audience of people, uh, both male and female. They were like, wow, like, you actually really know your shit. And for me in my head, I was like, well, I'm I'm not trying to like, this is a few months ago, I'm thinking like, well, I'm not trying to teach this stuff. I'm not trying to be a master. 
to teach others, but I got thrown into it because it's like, yeah. oh, I actually do know a lot about this and I put it into practice first. So I think mm -hmm. that's really, really important because really anything you're going to hear today is from my own experience, but then it's backed up with a lot of the work that I've done, whether it's with therapists or there's some amazing books that you can get that just like really, really help you out that I've been able to put into my own practice and my own life. Uh, and that's the way it kind of showed up of just like me being thrust into this. And uh, it was really interesting when I first got the invitation, really, I guess I should say, to do TikTok videos. And there's a whole story behind it. But basically, I was doing a reading um, with this amazing like spiritual medium. And she told me that my spirit guides are very pissed off because I am not teaching. And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, and she's like, you have so much knowledge that you need to be able to give out. Mm -hmm. um, so I really, I, I took that to heart. And about five days later, I posted the first TikTok video on this topic of really it's relationships and masculinity. And that video to date has got 7.5 million views in the yeah. last two months. So that's what really kicked it off. And then many videos after that, um, we racked up like 21 million views in the in the first month of me talking about exactly what we're going to talk about today, which is masculinity, healthy relationships, conscious dating. And um, I think we're going to have a great conversation. Yeah, this is going to be phenomenal. And I think you highlight so many valid points in your story. It's I feel like it's something where you don't ever dive into your energy or, you know, the different things that are taking massive um what's the word I want to look for that are massively influencing the way that you live your life and go through relationships and see the world you know masculine energy feminine energy energy in general it's been around forever yet only more recently has it become more of a topic for people to kind of dive into and I love to see that because I think it is so important for individuals male or female around the world to really be diving into doing that personal work because until you do like you said, you don't see those changes or your actual true authentic desires coming through because you haven't become that person or that match to it or healed your own energies. And mm -hmm. so the first thing that I want to talk about is what is masculine energy and what does that look like in the 3D world? For sure. So the first thing to know is that both males and females have both masculine and feminine energy. So yeah. one of the biggest like misunderstandings is that men are masculine and women are feminine and that's just the way it is but that's not true because you have both within you mm -hmm. and ideally what you want is a balance so when i'm talking about masculinity really what it means is healthy masculinity when you have a strong balance of you're in your own masculine power and frame but it's also countered by you spending at least a, a good healthy amount of time in your feminine and usually for males it looks like a bit more time in their masculine and a little bit less in their feminine. But where it becomes toxic per se, which a lot of people love to kind of use that term is, is and the way that I see that is really just whenever you're out of balance, mm -hmm. you can be way too much in your masculine where you're not really in your feminine at all. And that's like toxic masculine. But then males can also be on the other side being way too feminine and yeah. they're in their toxic feminine. And it's really interesting because a lot of this happens without you even really being aware of it. Like until you have awareness around this stuff, you might even see that, oh my God, for the last two decades, I was living my life almost exclusively in my feminine. 
because I was in a state of reaction and I didn't feel like I was in a, a strong direction and, and like a protective energy of my life, which is what the masculine is. And then you kind of go like, oh man, like, like nobody sent me an email. Nobody, like there was no memo, but it's just, it shows up in your life in these different ways. And then on the other side with toxic masculinity, it's like, maybe you have male role models in your life that they weren't even conscious that they were downloading into you. This is what a man does. A man, he takes and he doesn't give and what what's his is his and he uses his power to get what he wants and he is an empathetic towards other people. Those are some definitions of being in your toxic masculine. So yeah. really what we're talking about here is getting into balance of being in, you know, the, the strong part of your, your masculine, which is really where the power is. Like if you have too much of it, it's actually a hindrance on you. Mm. So you definitely need to be, you know, tone that down a little bit, but then also bring in some of the feminine too, because that's where the magic is. That's where, you know, the spontaneity is and just these, these weird, fun, crazy things can happen that really balances out when you're in just your purpose, direction, protective nature of being yeah. in the masculine. So yeah, that that's the first thing to understand is like, there, there really is um, a range to it and you definitely want to be within the middle and it will show up very clearly in your life because you'll see the way that people are reacting to you especially because everybody is energy like the the whole world all around us is just made up of energy and you know you, you'll get that feeling you walk into a room and you, you can almost tell when a guy is like really he's like um secretly angry and, and resentful and yeah, he's, you know, he's got like a yeah, you can feel it, even though you look at the guy, you've never met him before, but you're like, oh, okay, there's something off about that guy. And then there could be another guy who, let's say he's married with kids, and you can tell this guy's like, um, I love to call it like daddy energy, where it's like, oh, damn, like this guy, he takes care of shit. He's very nice. He's approachable. Um, you know, he's caring. He's loving. Like there's a way different energy. You pick that up very, very quickly with people. So everything is all kind of energy, and the way that it shows up in your life will be way different if you're on one side of the the spectrum versus on the other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can you give me some green flags of what healthy masculinity would look like in action? Sure. So I'll, I'll give it to you from the perspective of, of the male of like when, when a guy's in his healthy masculine, Yeah. these are some of the things that, that he'll feel. And then uh, probably after as well, we can get into how that's going to show up in, in a woman's life. If, if you're wanting to date a man who's in his healthy masculine, you're, you're going to be able to pick up on that and feel it. So the first thing is if a guy's in his healthy masculine, he is going to feel a, a sense of like protective protection around the people that he loves, that he cares about. He's going to be able to set boundaries with people. He's a, so for example, a guy in his um, like too much femininity will not be able to set boundaries it's going to be difficult for him to tell someone no because he's probably people pleasing he's trying to make them feel better he's trying to manage their emotions whereas a guy in his masculine not that he doesn't care about what other people feel but he is protecting his own like his own little kingdom so yeah. whether it's just him and his girlfriend or him and his wife and kids or his business that's going to be one thing that shows up the other thing is creating a place of safety. So going back to what we just talked about earlier, you walk in the room and you feel like that guy's really angry and resentful and he's kind of edgy and, and like a wild card. 
that creates a feeling obviously of a little bit of distrust, a little bit of like, Ooh, I don't know if I can trust this guy. And when you're in your healthy masculine, the people around you are going to feel like they trust you, like you're a safe place for them to come to because they know that you've got it. Like you're, you're like kind of like strong in your position and you're able to handle stuff that, that comes to you similar, like the rocks on, you know, the edge of a cliff or something that the waves are crashing up against. Like the rocks are just there a little bit later. We'll get into the, the feminine in women, but, uh, the, the feminine woman is the ocean. Like she yes. is the the crashing of the waves and and she's all of the the energy up against up against the rocks. The other thing that a guy in his healthy masculine will feel and do is a strong sense of like direction and purpose. And he's gonna know what he's doing, where he's going, what he's up to. This shows up a lot of guys, especially today, and it's a big a, a big part of it is obviously society kind of gives you no help with this of creating your own direction and your own kind of like passion and, and purpose and moving forward in life. So you have a lot stacked up against you when it comes to this. And a lot of guys are just like, I don't know what to do. And they're trying their best to figure it out. But at the end of the day, like they don't even really know where they're going. Uh-huh. And so when you're in that healthy masculine, you're going to know where you're going. You're going to feel confident in your ability to get it done, even if it's difficult or it's, you know, it's hard to do. And that's going to be picked up really, really well by the feminine, because then she's able to understand and feel safe enough to be like, okay, well, I can, I can surrender myself to this guy because he's going down a path that I want to go with him on. So a lot of women will feel very kind of secretly resentful or very frustrated when they're with a guy and he doesn't know where he's going or what to do. One of my best videos I did last month was talking about one of the most common things that happens in the day-to-day life of a, of a couple is deciding where to go eat. Yeah. It's so common for a guy to be like, well, I don't know, where do you want to go eat? And just immediately put it back on his girlfriend or his wife to just make the decision and figure it out because he probably doesn't even know where he's going in life, let alone going to dinner tonight. And so a great example of a guy in his healthy masculine where it's not like he'll just pick somewhere and force her to to go there. Like that's a little bit of the toxic masculine of like not accommodating for the the other energy that that you're working with, Uh but more so, hey, there's three places or two places that I'd really love to go here, here, and here. Which one do you love best? And so it's that that energy of like consolidating and like maybe not making the full decision, but like bring it down to a few options. So it's like, this is what we've got. What do you think? And she might be like, oh, well, I'm really in the mood for seafood. Let's go here. And it's like, done. That is so easy. That is so much better than where do you want to go eat? I don't know. And then mm-hmm. just dealing in this like wishy-washy. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So I want to like backtrack a little bit. When you were describing the major qualities and characteristics of healthy masculinity we talked about the rock you were referencing so when a man feels the urge to provide structure how do you know as a man like how can you distinguish whether or not you want that structure because you want control and that's an ego thing or because it is actually you and your healthy masculine and you're just kind of like leaning more so into that 
Yeah, it does come down to the intention behind it, because I think a guy who's in his healthy masculine will feel, like I said before, that passion, the purpose, and it, it's the direction and knowing like, hey, I want to go here. This is the ultimate goal where I want to end up. There needs to be some flexibility along the way. You can't just force a single path and like make it happen out of sheer will, because you do need to have some flexibility in how you're going to get there. You're right. not in control of all the factors that come into you getting to that goal, especially when you're working with other people. So in you know relationship, you've got a whole ass other person that you need to account for. And you know there's a lot to take into account when it comes to their energy. So then on the other side, when it comes to a guy who wants to feel the sense of control, mm -hmm. um, him having that power is almost more important than where we're going. So if a guy's in his toxic masculine, he is going to feel like as long as I'm in the driver's seat, it doesn't matter where we're going. I need to stay in this seat. Uh, Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's, there's a little bit of a difference of like the healthy masculine is there to serve and is there to get us from point A to B and so that we all win. Mm. It's like uh, a king who wants the people to do well versus, you know, you compare that kind of a little bit to the government today. It's like, does the government want you to do well? Not really. There's a million different cases where they could help, but they certainly don't. So, right. but what's really important to them is to stay in power, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter of what's going on in the world. We need to retain that power. So I think um, it, it's a, it, it becomes more obvious the more experience you have with this, but in the beginning, it can sometimes be difficult because you, if you have the, um, not as much experience with the healthy masculine and you're used to men being in a position of control, um, you might not feel like you can do anything about it or stick up for yourself or be able to set a boundary and get away from that type of energy. But I think over time, the more that you see it and the more that you know it, um, the more you're going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that was like the perfect analogy of like the driver's seat and where we're going. So this just made me think of something too. And this goes back to another one of your TikToks actually, where you spoke about not really having like a solid role model to emulate what that looks like. So for somebody who's listening and they maybe don't have a healthy relationship to look up to or a healthy masculine to look up to, how do you supplement things like that without necessarily being able to consult or ask for advice to the people who are available in your immediate surroundings? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, it's so common. And and you're right. I have done videos on this talking about how there are so many guys that don't have great role models. And in fact, a lot of the role models that guys have, whether it's uncles or dads or, you know, kind of male, quote unquote, father figures, um, or the people they look up to are like sports figures or right. celebrities or someone that's kind of like their quote unquote father figure. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them are not that great because a lot of our parents didn't know what to do and they made a lot of mistakes. And that's not, I'm saying that not like to blame them at all. Like they, they really didn't know. Like yeah. that, that's the thing to realize is that if you weren't taught this, it's because they didn't know. And it can be very frustrating, but it's the truth. So, you know, and I know that I didn't have that growing up either. Like my dad, unfortunately, just even though he was there physically, he was just not there mentally to be able to support me. And I have two younger brothers as well. So like you can imagine three boys and and having that, you know, job going back to talking about the healthy masculine, like when you become a father 
and I'm not even a father yet, but I will be one day, is that that becomes your purpose of like, I got to teach these little boys or little girls how to like really show up in the world. And so a lot of us don't have that. So if you don't have that, I think the best thing that you can do to be able to give yourself some of what you should have learned um, mm -hmm. is to be able to do some work yourself. And what I mean by that is focusing on like picking up some books or podcasts just like this one or watching YouTube videos from people that you admire and look up to that seem like they have a very positive, great perspective on life. And they seem like good role models instead of someone who, for example, a celebrity who seems really great, but you don't even know who that person is. Like they're 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 it's a very curated perspective of, of what they put out. If you know that you want to be in a relationship, get married, have an amazing partner and have some kids together, like what are the books on how to raise an amazing family with kids that are super great and not little brats and make your life better instead of just creating this burden feeling on you? Yeah. Um, which by the way, I think a lot of us, you know, especially if our parents were boomers or around that generation, some kids feel like their, their parents were raising them to feel like they were a burden and that they were too much and that they need to just, you know, basically like shut up and comply or else, yeah. you know, which is so, it's so crazy to go through that. So it's like, you've got to do the work to be able to like undo that type of conditioning so that you can put in to your brain and then eventually your kids the right stuff that you want them to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a gorgeous explanation. The single most valuable skill you can have when it does go into the healing journey and tapping into that expansive growth for yourself is the awareness that you not only need to have to admit that there is a problem, but then also the awareness to allow yourself to celebrate or be proud and happy when you do see yourself actually embodying that healthy energy. When you first started getting into these energies and, you know, really working on yourself with that, how did you start to see your life around you change? Yeah, I felt in the beginning, like you start working on yourself and you start realizing all these things of, oh, this is why I did that. And oh, like, this is why that ended up that way. And, and you do get that awareness mm -hmm. and you start to feel great. But then, and I think this is really common and is almost feels like a part of the hero's journey is as soon as you hit that point, then you go to a low and not in a low of like depression per se, or, you know, struggling like that. But you realize that the life that you have unconsciously built is not serving you. And if you want to get to the life that you want to consciously build, which I'm assuming looks, you know, at least like significantly different from the current life, because then why else would you be wanting to change it in the first place? Yeah. Then you realize, oh shit, I have to lose this, 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 and this could be uh, friendships. It could be a relationship. It could even be the relationship with yourself. And really like, then you go down underground and then you got to go do some work on like well how do i want to build myself up and what I, what does my ultimate relationship look like um because it might look a lot different than the one you're in now and you know there's some real work that has to be done which I, by the way i'm saying this not to deter you in any way if you're listening to this and you're thinking oh my god like this sounds so hard i don't even know if i want to do it 
Like, I think every person feels that way when you go do something really hard. Like there is of course a resistance and a, uh, like a, a deep need to want things to be the same because that's where it's easy. Like it is, you know, something that was said to me around, uh, quitting cigarettes and alcohol is that a lot of people who are addicted to cigarettes or alcohol feel like the pain of quitting is worse than the pain of continuing. So it's Mm -hmm. easier for me to kill myself slowly with drinks and cigarettes than it is for me to go, oh shit, I want to stop doing this. And instead I want to go through the quitting process and then go to the other side. It always feels harder. Um, and I definitely felt like that for at least a few good years. I mean, when it was, when it was really in the like transformation stage of me getting out of the relationship I was in working on some really big stuff when it came to just my own self-confidence and my own, um, like how, how I even look at myself, like Mm. that was really hard for me to like open up that box and go through all of the shit that I had just like thrown onto myself. So for example, the relationship I had with myself was that I would kind of, um, before I got into like my really healthy masculine, I was not super toxically feminine, but I was definitely in that direction where I was kind of people pleasing. I wanted others to feel great all the time around me. I didn't feel like my own needs were important. So if someone else had something going on and, uh, and they needed me, I would kind of drop what I was doing to go help them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and even when I was hurting or really needed help or, you know, it was very difficult for me to, to even think that I was worth it enough to ask someone to be like, Hey, can you help me with this? Or for me to set a boundary and say, no, I can't do that with you right now because I got my own shit to deal with. Right. Um, And, and so there was a bunch of, a bunch of things that I uncovered very similar to that in therapy where it was like, well, now that you're aware of it, now we actually got to go do something about it. Mm. Um, So those are some of the things that, you know, I really realized and, and was able to do the work on. And when I got out the other side of it, and cause, cause there is a, a point when you're just like, you realize how many things are wrong and then you feel bad because you see how many things are wrong yeah. and you start like, it's like your, your brain is so smart and will just create all these problems because it, it goes like, it seems like you love to solve all these problems. Well, I'm going to give you more problems because I support you in, you know, your own growth and development as a human. I'm just going to keep giving you problems because you love <laughs> to solve them. Yeah. And it's like, the, you know, I think people get into the, uh, the feeling of like, they uh, always feel like there's something to work on. They're always trying to get to perfection. They're, yeah. they're thinking that when I do this, this, and this, I'm going to be healed and then everything's going to be okay. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's never going to happen. So it's like that, that's not really the way to look at it. But I think you get this amazing perspective because then you gain confidence when you start showing up in a different way and your life gets so much better. So for example, if you are with someone and you always are just arguing and fighting and to you, that's what it looks like to be in a relationship. Either you're single and you're out and you're partying and you're having fun, or you're in a relationship and you get some benefits of that, but it comes with always having to deal with fights and arguments. Well, if you work on that and then you get into a relationship and then you find, oh, wait, I actually don't fight and argue with this person. And this 
relationship thing looks totally different than what I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Like that is really why you do the work. And when you're in the middle of it, it sucks because you're like, this is terrible. I don't want to work on this. But then you get to the other side and you're like, oh my God, like, why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. Like, you might have a year or two of pain. It might suck. You might be single. You might be really lonely. You might be working on yourself. You might lose a bunch of friends. But then you come out the other side. You have way better friends. You're in an amazing relationship. Your business or your career, you're making more money. And you're like, oh my God, like that two years of pain was actually not so bad when you think about it. Uh, yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And I've I've been on my own journey very similar to that. And I think that it's hard fucking mm-hmm. work. And it's even harder because you're the person who's wrapped up in it. You know what I mean? Like it's very easy to look at other people's situations and give them advice. But then when you look and you hold up the mirror to yourself, it's kind of like, oh shit, like I do have some things about myself that really aren't serving me. And breaking a habit is really very difficult to do and breaking characteristics and things like that until you do get to that root cause. And sometimes, like you said, therapy can, it can be so beneficial because you might have one conversation about that root cause and then boom, if you can put it into action the next minute that you're out doing whatever, that's now, you know, rewiring those pathways and creating that new version of yourself this came from another one of your videos. You brought up a really good point about how you're almost going back to your default, like your natural default, um, biologically, evolutionarily speaking. And so, yes, it is difficult to kind of break some of those habits, actions, routines. However, you talk about it being like, you're just kind of going to naturally find your way on this new path that you're on. Mm -hmm. There, yeah, I really think there's nothing else to do but to work on yourself so that you can be in this position. Like mm-hmm. when, when you really think about it, if you think of your whole life and you think of all the things, first of all, you have to realize that there are so many things that were given to you that you never asked for, but are just downloaded into you. And then now you just run things a certain way because that's what you saw, for example, growing up or in school or you know, becoming an, a young adult. And if you have a certain type of relationship, then your brain automatically goes, well, that's just the way things are. Right. Um, because the world is too complicated for you to analyze and really consciously decide on everything. Like there's yeah. probably a billion decisions that are being made every day in your brain. And probably 99% of them aren't even conscious because it's all like background kind of processing that's running. So it's like the only thing to do is to be able to open up, expand so that you have more control over where you're going. We'll see this as, um, you know, people our age looking at our parents of, look how many of them just followed the prescription. There was a time when that was actually really beneficial. Like, obviously, I wasn't there for the growth in the the U.S. from the, the 50s, really after World War II. But it sounds like if you just went to school and got a job and started working, you were killing it from the mm-hmm. 50s, 60s, 70s, all the way up, like which a lot of, you know, boomers around that generation had. But the world looks so different now where the prescription doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's great because why do you want someone else to tell you what to do with your life? Like right. very easily fall into that trap. But I think that is some of the beauty that's going on right now is people are really realizing, oh, I don't have to play the game this way. Like there's, a, I can actually make different rules for this game and I can be really successful and make a lot of money and have a great relationship and have awesome kids and still have time to go hang with friends and go on cool vacations and support my fam- <clears throat> my family and eat amazing food. 
And honestly, if, if I were to say those things to a lot of people that are stuck in the mode of like life is paycheck, life is struggle, life is making ends meet. It's mm -hmm. like, how dare you say that? Like, how, how could you ever think that you are worthy of experiencing that? I'm like, but you are like, that's, that's the whole thing is you just realize, oh, I can play in a different way. And then that really opens things up for you to be very um, creative with what you yeah. want to do. And it comes with responsibility too. Cause like we talked about before, it's like, you can't make your life better without really going through some shit first. Mm -hmm. Like that really is kind of, that's, it's a give and a take, you know, when it comes to really focusing on what you want to do. No, I would agree. I would agree. What are the qualities or the skill sets that women can tap into in order to utilize the masculine energy that they have within them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question because from what I can see, too many women are forced into their masculine by a couple different factors. One is like just what society is expecting of them to be just producing at work, which going back to what I said earlier about tribes, that is so not normal mm -hmm. at all for the women to be going out and hunting all day long, just like the men. Um, it's a bit of a crude comparison, but it it's still um it still applies to today's world of like the in the energy aspect, that's really what a lot of women are expected to do. And mm -hmm. it's not that women shouldn't work and they should only be at home. That's that that's the way a toxic masculine guy would view that because he sees them as competition. But more so that they're being thrust into a role that is too much in the masculine and then paired with if they're with a man who's too much in his feminine, mm. then she's even more into it because she's making up for his slack. She's got resentment because she really wants him to show up and he's not doing it. He doesn't know how, blah, yeah. blah. So it's like this kind of like this puzzle piece where it seems like uh, there's a lot of pressure going against her. She doesn't quite know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. So there for sure is obviously a balance by being more in her feminine. And that looks like creativity, dance, being spontaneous. Um, obviously, she needs to feel supported by at least some masculine energy. It, it's not mm -hmm. like she can't do this without a partner. Um, right. it, it's going to be maybe a little bit more balanced if she does have a partner who is more masculine because he's naturally going to bring her over to the feminine a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, but even if let's say a woman's, you know, she's, she's like consciously single, doesn't want a partner right now. And she feels like she's too masculine, um, really doing things to balance out that energy in her own self and realizing when you're going too far. Um, like you do need some, you do need to be able to like work your job or, you know, work on new projects for your business or, you know, whatever your career is. Um, right. But also having time, let's say every day at six o'clock, like once you're done, you're done and you dedicate, let's say three or four evenings a week to just like pure feminine and you mm -hmm. can dance around your house. You can have baths, you can sing, you can dance like in the creative expression. Um, mm -hmm. You can have amazing conversations with your girlfriends that just have no agenda and it, it, there's not a point to it, but you're just, you're able to express yourself yeah. um, and you're able to spend time because I think you need to balance them both. Um, and then obviously if you have a partner who's more in his feminine, then there's some work to be done around balancing that out with him. Um, 
but yeah, I think just knowing that, you know, you probably do spend a bit too much time in your masculine and there are things that you can do to, to try and balance that out. Um, even if like you're predominantly masculine, just if you have to show up for work or your business or whatever you, you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think the balance is so important. Like you said, you know, I think society's kind of pushed us into this lifestyle where you do, you have bills to pay, you have jobs to report to or run and things like that. And it can be really easy to sink further into that masculinity, which again, I think pulls more of the femininity out of men that you do date as well. Right. And that polarity is constantly going to be there, whether or not you're in the correct quote unquote roles that you expected to be in. And I know for myself, you and I were talking about this briefly, but being single for the last two years, like very intentionally so, and I've dated a little bit in between, but um, I put 90% of my time and focus into my business, which I'm so grateful for because that is my passion. And I do have feminine aspects within there with content creation and nurturing within my calls and things like that. Like it's still a very feminine route, but for example, with sales, that's more definitely like the masculine role of things, the structure of the business, like convincing people to say yes, or not even convincing. That's not the word that I want to use, but like directing a sale and guiding people to say yes to certain things. So for a woman who is predominantly in her masculine to go day by day and survive in the 3D world that we have with the constructs that we have, when she does start dating someone who is very much so in his masculine, and I know this from like from experience, it does almost take you off guard a little bit because someone is wanting to show up for you, wanting to provide for you, things like that. How do you advise a woman in kind of transitioning back into that feminine energy or more of that feminine energy while still managing her masculine responsibilities in her personal life? Mm -hmm. It might have to do with potential beliefs around what men mean in her life and, and how the masculine should show up mm -hmm. and potentially even her self-worth when it comes to producing and like like that's that's really um the masculine is like we're here to get shit done and we're going to provide like yeah. that is the kind of essence of that energy and both males and females can can have that and and fully embody that in them but it does when you say like if if a woman's really career focused you know she wants to get shit done and you know the masculine male comes in and she's like oh like I don't know if I'm okay with you providing, because if you provide for me, that means that I'm under you and I can't feel that because I need to feel like I have some sense of control over my own experience. And there might be a story there of that. There's like a distrust mm. with a man around what he brings to the table and what that means for my own self-worth and uh, ability as a woman. Yeah. Um, that might not be the case for everyone, but that's something that pops in my head when you say that. And, you know, again, it goes back to when you're both healthy, masculine and, and feminine, you're both working together. Like there are for sure days where I show up as, you know, super strong leader and my partner, Alina, maybe she's going through something and she is not going to be able to show up in that full, super strong way. And that's totally fine. Like mm -hmm. I got this under control. I can get dinner. We can do this. I'll take care of this. I got this phone call to make. It's all good. 
And there are also days when she does that for me, for sure. Mm. And, you know, that's like, I don't feel like I'm less than her because she helped me one day and she took care of a couple of things and, um, you know, brought me soup because, you know, I was feeling low. Like, I feel like there is a level of acceptance and, um, you know, I definitely know that there's some women out there that are hyper masculine the way that they want to feel control because maybe at some point in their past, maybe men were super controlling to them. And I know that there's some women that feel really great about being able to control men, sometimes in a corporate setting. Um, and that's like, that's where they get their power and, and they feel like great about it. Um, and it might not even be conscious. They might like yeah. have this unconscious thing that's playing out. And then oftentimes the men that they date are probably going to be more feminine because uh, strong masculine men will might be turned off by the fact that she's so hyper-masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's going to be resentful that these guys are not showing up, but she's secretly going to love it because yeah. she sees herself as being better than them. So mm-hmm. I'm not describing all hyper-masculine women, but that's like an archetype that I've seen where it's like you you know that you want something, but deep down inside, you actually want this other thing because that makes you feel better. Yeah. Okay. So I want to use this as like a good little segue into conscious dating relationships and what masculine energy looks like in the romantic sense of things. Definitely. So for, um, and this is true, by the way, for both men and women, we both have different versions of this. It just shows up a little bit differently if you're a woman trying to date a guy and vice versa. But on the toxic side, the, the first thing to know is that you could be pulled into a toxic relationship and not even really be aware of what's going on because the energy that's pulling you in, if you are unconscious of it, it's, it is going to pull you in. Like you either need to recognize that a, I see what's going on and B, I don't want to be a part of it. Otherwise there's going to be such an allure and such a fascination that is going to pull you in. And in the beginning, it's going to look really amazing. It's going to feel really good. The focus generally, uh, for example, if you're dating a guy who's in his toxic masculine, he's going to make you feel amazing. Mm. Really, real, like you are going to be the star of the show. You are also going to feel like you don't really know him very deep. Yeah. There's going to be like a surface level kind of almost as if he could be anything you want. Like there's a bit of a fantasy of, um, well, I don't really know all the details of this guy and his parents and, you know, what his siblings are up to but I kind of see him as this figure and he, he checks a lot of those boxes. So that's, that's the way he is. Like yeah. uh, what you think someone is can be so different from who they actually are. Right. Mm-hmm. But if they don't actually show you that, then your mind will kind of fill in the blanks. And to contrast that, what it's going to feel like to date a guy in his healthy masculine is you're actually going to feel really safe, calm, secure. You're yeah. not going to feel like crazy, alarm bells going off, you're actually going to be like, oh, like you can relax. Your nervous system is going to be really calm. And there's a big difference because if you are not fully aware of what's going on, and if you, let's say you go on a date with a guy who's actually healthy masculine, but deep down inside, there's something that's pulling you towards toxic masculine males, you're going to label the healthy guy as oh, he's kind of boring, he's kind of lame. He's kind, there's something about him that doesn't like spark me. Yeah. And you're going to get really confused because you're going to see a good one and write him off 
for whatever you know reason that you have. And then you're going to go back to eating basically the junk food. It's like, if you want to keep eating cheeseburgers, cause they're really salty and really good, but then you have like a good quality salad with some, you know, good quality chicken breast on the side. It's like, it's really good for you. It mm -hmm. might not be the same taste, but I can promise you, you're going to be healthier if you yeah. eat that versus the cheeseburger every day. So that's the way it shows up in kind of like the, the toxic masculine, the female side. Um, and I think for guys as well, like if you're dating a woman who could be in her either toxic masculine or toxic feminine, that shows up in two different ways. Mm -hmm. um, so the toxic masculine is <clears throat> generally a very like strong willed, very like this is the way it is type woman. She's going to be maybe more on the loud side. She's going to take up a lot of presence. She's not going to consider you as much. And this will only, you'll only get into a relationship or pursue her if you are likely in your feminine, because you're not going to be able to set boundaries. And because her energy is stronger than yours, she's going to pull you in. Okay. So she's actually kind of the boss. She's making the decisions. Yeah. Um, she's probably at some point going to make you feel bad for something that you did, which isn't really like you shouldn't be shamed or told that that's a bad thing, but in order for her to have control, she needs to feel like she's the, in the right and that she's righteous and that you need to do something to make me feel better because you fucked up. Like yeah. that's the type of energy where it comes out of a female and a toxic masculine. And then to contrast that, if she's in her toxic feminine, she's going to be very, very seductive, very, very like intoxicating, just can't get enough, like very wild card energy of just like, you never know what you're going to get. She can be really sweet one day and just like a complete nightmare the next day. Uh, mm -hmm. Very frantic, unreliable, and just all over the place. So if you think about like being in a relationship with that woman, most parts of you are, are going to be like, hell no. Like I can't rely on her. I can't trust her. I don't know what she's up to. Her communication is crazy. I don't know what the hell is going on. But there's one part of you that's like, oh, hell yes. Like we love <laughs> this because it's the intoxicating, like pulling you in type feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it's described this way, it's like, clearly that's not a good thing. Clearly you, you don't want to be in a long-term relationship with someone like that, but you're just going to like ignore all the alarm bells and be like, you know what? Like, this is what we want. And it's like, if you go play with fire, like you'll get burned. Maybe not in the beginning, but eventually you will get burned. And so to contrast that with a guy who's looking for a healthy, balanced woman who generally is going to be a bit more feminine, but still needs to have some masculine, because uh, if she's only um, feminine, then again, she just becomes too, too much of a wild card. She's going to be, it shows up in different ways, obviously, the, the woman's personality, um, and of course, for the men's as well, yeah, it, it's likewise. going to impact a lot, um, but you will feel a sense of security, safety, some calmness, you're probably as a man going to feel her being a nurturer. And that is really important for men, obviously, because if one day you want to have kids with her, well, she's going to become a mom. And I don't think that you want the really like crazy wildcard woman to become a mom one day. Yeah. Who's like, unaccountable. Yeah. So it's really, it's the way it shows up. And once you begin conscious dating, now you'll know to look for these things when you go on dates with people. 
So you'll probably get a really good sense within obviously the first 15 minutes, but especially in the first hour or two, if you go on one date with a person, you'll know, like, do they fit these characteristics? Like, do I want to be dating someone who looks this way? And if they don't, then the perspective is like, okay, well, that's totally fine. Like, I wish you all the best. I mean, I'm actually looking for this instead. And you can just continue on. Like, there are more than enough people to date mm -hmm. until you find the one that works best for you. But you got to know what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I just love the term conscious relationships and conscious dating because it allows you to pull all your power back to yourself. You're no longer mm -hmm. chasing certain things because your subconscious wants to you know, reprove a specific storyline to you. You're no longer pursuing things because they're maybe exciting instead of secure. Like it really just puts the spotlight back on you, which is where it should always be. And I think relationships can be a big part of people's lives and what shapes who we are as people, the life direction that we go on. And so I think it is so important, like you were saying, to know yourself and what it is you're available for and what you're looking for, because your partner is going to be part of your life. And if you want that to continue to be that way, you have to be on similar paths. So when people first start dating, and I love all of the examples that you always provide on your TikTok as well, what does it look like for a healthy masculine to ask a female out on a date? So he's going to have, again, going back to like the, the direction and the purpose. And also I should add to that, clear communication so mm. first of all he's going to say i want to take you out on a date he's not going to say like come hang out at my house or something nonchalant or like inviting you along with plans that were already made he's going to like say i want to see you and ideally he's going to go i'd love to take you here at this time does that work for you and i think for uh if you are dating to be in a conscious relationship it's probably going to be something that is more, I guess, high investment as a, a going out to dinner, for example. It's probably not going to be a coffee date. It's not going to be a walk in the park. There needs to be some investment being put in of like, hey, I want to spend like three hours uninterrupted with you. Yeah. Um, and I think just being very clear about what he wants and just straight up saying it where I think a lot of women are used to men like kind of beating around the bush and not really communicating very like straight on. Mm -hmm. um, but you're not going to question um, the intentions of a guy who like actually really wants to take you out and get to know you. Yes. Because so true. He's in, yeah. Because he's in his conscious and healthy masculine. He's also thinking like, damn, this girl sounds awesome. I would love to take her out. And in case she doesn't feel the same way, no problem. I've got this, this, and this going on. I'm going to meet another girl next week. And like, they're thinking of like a very abundance mentality mm -hmm. instead of like, oh shit, like I got to lock this girl down. I need her. Like there's like a, that's when the feeling of like control and like ownership in a way comes in and the toxic side of like needing to have instead of like, hey, I want to do this with you. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But right. if you do, then hell yes. Like, let's make those plans and let's go do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I, it is such a shift. And I've been on both sides of it. I just remember being back in high school, for example, or even in college, getting text messages from guys being like, 
Hey, what are you up to this weekend? Hey, want to come over tonight? Or like very last minute, very just like chill, no description, no assistance either. And I feel like on the flip side of that, more recently within like the last year, maybe year and a half of me dating, it's been men who are very clear, like you said, you know, I want to take you here. This is the time. I'll send you a car. I will make sure that you get home safe. Like certain things like that, having been on both sides, like it's clear as day. But until you've seen the very specific things that you just outlined, it's really hard to kind of understand what that looks like or even imagine a man being able to do that if you haven't experienced it. Yeah, I will see in the comments of like, I'm describing a healthy masculine male and there's some women that are like, I've never met one in my life. And maybe they met one and they didn't know, but like, I guess they mean they never got close with one. Mm. And so that tells me that there's something about them where they are just attracting a different type of guy. And there's, there's something that not that they need to change themselves, but they need, there's something that they need to work on Mm -hmm. in order to attract a healthy masculine guy. Cause it goes both ways. If I'm a healthy masculine guy, there is a certain framework of a woman that I want and anything outside of that. It's like, I don't want that. So if you are something I don't want and you, you try coming into my life, I'm going to be like, Oh no, thank you. Like Mm -hmm. it's not going, it's not going to be a pair. Right. Whereas if you are a woman that I feel super attracted to and you check a lot of the boxes that I'm consciously looking for, and I can see you and be like, yes, this is something I want more of, then clearly there's a match and then you guys can take it forward more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you have some tips as far as like what being in a relationship looks like for a divine masculine, for a divine feminine? Like what are some conscious relationships or conscious dating tools that you see work really well within your relationship? Damn, one is... And I wasn't actually super aware of this going into it, but the relationship I'm with now with my girlfriend, Alina, which is amazing and is for sure by far the best relationship that I've ever experienced, which by the way, is done by design. It's like, we're both very conscious of it. We didn't fall into it. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens. It's like, we both did work on ourselves before meeting and then also after meeting and getting into a relationship that this is what we want to do. This is what we value. And that comes down to like, A, we attack everything together. So it's, it's not me versus her. And and that feeling and that energy of like, when there's, when you guys have something to talk about, or there's some issue, or there's something that needs to be addressed. And it's like, Hey, what are we going to do about this? That is first of all, like such a major difference as compared to people who are used to unhealthier relationships where it does become like, I got to protect myself and I got to make sure I'm okay. And I can't say certain things and I can't be as candid as I want to be because I need to protect your feelings. And it becomes this game of like jumping through hoops to try and get to an end goal that doesn't even really make sense in the first place. Right. So that is one thing. The other is really like being able to support each other where if I'm going through something that let's just say I'm super frustrated or stressed about something she's actually able to like help me and be there for me and be like hey damn like what do you need like do you do you need me to cuddle you do you need me to go make you food what can I do to help you like get your energy back so that you can then tackle this problem that we have Mm -hmm. like that that's going back to what I said earlier about the nurturing aspect like that is 
so amazing, not just for like your children, but to have that as a male, to have a woman nurture you is like the most loving, caring thing that you could ever experience. And it feels so good. And I didn't even realize that I hadn't had true nurturing up until her, because you, th- you, you only know what you, th- I guess you think, you know, right. Um, so you think love is a certain thing because that's what you've experienced so far. And then a new person comes in and they just totally like shatter the ceiling. There's like way above everyone else. You're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that this could feel this good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing because it powers me up. And then it's like, okay, now we're back to it and things flow and, and they're really consistent even through those, you know, little bumps that we have. The other thing is going on dates and doing fun things, super important. You can't just start dating in three months in just only do, you know, Netflix and takeout dates. Like, yeah, the that doesn't movie. work. Yeah. Oh. You have to be going on trips or dates or planned adventures or something to like keep, keep the movement going, keep the stimulation and the polarity and the attraction, the relationship. And then another thing we do is actually really talk about what's going on and do like relationship check-ins. Nice. Um, you can only do this, by the way, if you feel comfortable enough and you've done enough work that you could bring up something that the other person could be seen as negative and mm. you still can bring it up and neither of you are getting triggered or really affected by it, if that makes yeah. sense. So I could say that, you know, hey, like I felt like you just really weren't around, you weren't as present last week and I really feel that much love from you. If I said that to someone who hadn't done the work and just imagine how triggered they would feel and how just defensive they would be because right. I'm the bad guy. And and that logic does not work. Like you need to be able to say, hey, like this is the truth of, of what's going on. And then she can take it very positively and just be like, you know what, you're right. You know, actually I was working on this, this, and this. And that's the reason why I wasn't fully present. And instead, why don't we do this on Tuesday and I'm going to make up for it. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Like mm-hmm. no fight. There's there's nothing to get over. There's nothing to say sorry for. You can just be really open and honest. And really, I think that's the fear that people have in relationship is that you can't be fully open. You can't say what you actually want to say. You have to like sugarcoat it yeah. um, in order to manage your partner's feelings and then over time, it just becomes this like really like watered down version of who you both are. So yeah, those are some of the top things that we do. And, you know, I found that they're super, super beneficial. Yeah, no, I love that. And there was one thing that when you were speaking, first of all, all of those were just like really beautiful examples. And I'm excited to see people implement them within their relationships. Um, One thing that I thought of, and I guess this could be a stereotypical vision that I'm like attaching to when I when I talk about this but from my understanding it's a lot easier for women to open up about their feelings and kind of talk about things like that than it is for a man to approach a woman in doing so and the reason that I thought about this is because I've had I primarily have female clients however I've had a few male clients and I interviewed one of them and he told me how big of a deal it was for him to hire a female coach because he didn't want to look vulnerable or look weak or have problems or have complaints or things like that in the presence of a woman. So what are your thoughts on that? And where does that 
kind of fall into place when it comes to conscious relationships and dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is actually a topic where I've got some videos coming out on TikTok soon to address exactly this of where men feel not only do a lot of men not feel comfortable opening up to their partners, but they even feel uncomfortable doing it around other men. So mm. it's like, then there's no one to open up around because it's like, there's a wall over here with my guy friends. And then my partner, I can't quite do it there. You end up blocking yourself by this logic, which is untrue, by the way, it, it it's not a real thing. But the mm -hmm. logic is that if I'm vulnerable, she'll see me as weak, and I need to stay strong. And then she's not going to love me if I don't become the strong guy. Yeah, and exactly. That's where, get, that's where you get the archetype of just, you know, the brooding, very quiet, you know, s silent sufferer, basically, of someone who, you know, has just a world of pain on the inside and never was able to let it out to feel comfortable enough to do it. Mm -hmm. And might even think that, oh, women feel pain more than men do or something of like the experience is different for me because I'm a man. Yeah, and that's not true. Like, I actually think that women have more experience expressing their emotions and they also talk about their emotions more with their female friends, but they don't have more emotions than men do. Mm. We can all experience the same exact emotions. It's the perspective that men don't talk about their feelings and also if you do it with your partner, it makes you weak, which is also not true. I'm excited to do more work about this because this is something that I spent a good two years working on in therapy is just how to work with your emotions and you have them inside of you. And what do you do? Because I think my thesis is that the guys who feel like they can't bring them up around a woman, to me, it probably means that they had like an emotional outburst or something where the emotions were uncontrolled coming out of them and and not even being fully conscious of it and there was some negative perspective from the other side of yeah the the the, the woman didn't know how to handle it or or maybe she just didn't have the capacity for it because she wasn't mature and she called him a loser and weak and then now that is going to be like ingrained on the front of his forehead to like never do that again like that right. pain is so much worse than literally like physical pain that you could go through or any other type. So I think it is way different when a guy can actually openly express his emotions because there is a way to do it with your partner where A, she doesn't see you as weak. In fact, she's actually going to love you more and feel way more connected yeah. to you because there's so many women that don't even know a clue of what their boyfriend or, or their husband is actually feeling on the inside. Like mm -hmm. they just, they want to know but the guy has a false, you know, ideology in his head that he can't bring this up and he has to stay strong. So I think being able to like identify your emotions, understand a bit about where they're coming from. And then when you bring them up with your partner and express them, you don't dump them on her like a dump truck and make it her responsibility to fix everything. Cause that's not what you're asking for. You instead want to just tell her like the best advice I can give is just label the emotion. So literally like, babe, I'm coming to you because fuck, I feel sad. Like I feel sad because this happened and, you know, I really like that guy, but he said this and, and just like being able to get that out, talking about the emotion and even showing it too. Like if you're sad, you might cry a little bit 
or or you might you know feel really small and and you might whimper and that's okay because the expression is what matters and then the the really important thing to do is to just give some space and not like nobody needs to solve the problem right now no like yeah. the whole thing with emotions is they almost vanish when you let them out so you could you could have something happen 7 years ago and you're still pissed about it today because you've never let it out but if you actually just go get pissed about it and you let that out and ideally your your partner is going to be able to handle it. like anger is a tough one because it is so like fiery and fierce yeah. and that's a hard one for people to deal with obviously sadness and grief and some of the frustration are easier to kind of handle but if she's really down to like just support you and be like let's get fucking angry and like you guys have a little rage session or something and i can almost guarantee that the emotion that you felt for seven years will be gone by the time mm -hmm. it's over. It, it's not even about solving the problem or figuring anything out. It's the fact that you just need to let it out. And so I think that's some of the the really exciting work that I'm going to be starting doing and, and have started a little bit is to just be able to get guys to express a little bit more, especially because I felt like I could not express anything for a huge part of my life. And then now that I have the permission to do so, I'm actually super expressive and I'll, I'll cry and I'll get angry. I'll get frustrated. And like, it's, you're not going to be thinking like, Oh, what's on Kevin's mind. Like you're going to know, like it's going to be able to come out and not in like a way where it's like, Oh, holy shit. Like you need to, <laughs> you can't do that right now. Like, yeah. You know, it, it is in a healthy way. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's my perspective is like that. That's the only the toxic masculine looks at, uh, emotions and deems them as like, we can't have those. Yeah. Like, weakness. yeah. As weakness. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I love that. And I think it's just, it's, it's something that takes practice, you know, and a lot of us don't have experience with it and setting up boundaries and not merging feelings and all of those things like that will come through repetition and it will come through experiencing it firsthand. And I think that that's why you're story and like you in this space is so powerful because you are a true embodiment of that you didn't just read a book or two and then try to go out and teach it like you've been in the position and that's why I think too that your teachings and your message comes across so potent and secure and authoritative if that's a word mm -hmm. with you and a lot of other people in the world too who lead a very soul-led mission you can just tell that it's part of who they are and it translates so easily. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm, and I'm glad that it's showing up in a genuine way because yeah, I'm speaking from experience and I've made a lot of mistakes and I've, I've done, you know, the, the things that people are struggling with that I see in my comments on TikTok. Um, it's like, I, I've been there, maybe not with all of them, but a good chunk of them. And uh, I think it, it's, it's really cool to see that you can, no matter what you're going through, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like you can get out of it. it. Might not be easy, but you can improve this. You can do something about it. And uh, it's way better to do some work on it now. Even if you're, you know, way older, let's say in your fifties or sixties, you still got life to go. You can still have, you know, this incredible time, but you know, you wouldn't want to just continue the way that you're going and just, you know, fold your cards and say, that's it, I'm done might as well do something about it. So right. yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm glad that people are getting value from the content. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, where can people find you and your 
your free course and then what do you offer as well if someone wants to like work with you if they've connected with you they're like damn kevin like For how sure. the fuck do i find you what's the deal so yeah I'm, I'm making a lot of content on tiktok right now so that's the best place to find me it's kevin x pasco um i've also got content coming soon on instagram i just it's a lot to do content so one thing at a time but yeah i've got a link in my bio maybe we can put it in the description or something yeah, of, like uh, the free three-day mini course. Um, it's all content. It's it's really no sales or anything um, just to give you the info that you need. And then I've also got a, a little application link. If you want to work with me one-on-one, I primarily work with guys, but I am still open to working with women, although most of the focus is, is on men to really get them into their masculine energy, work with their own emotions, make their relationships better, communication, and to be able to like really get into that healthy masculine whether they're on the toxic masculine side or or the feminine so yeah we can pop those links in there and thank you for for listening and thank you Mackenzie for also doing this podcast because this was fun and uh and super inspiring it, it was great yeah yeah no I enjoyed it too and again I think that these topics are just so important and they're on the rise like our collective our generation is already doing the work and I think it's just really important now to put the right people in position to lead that movement. And I know that you're somebody who I would be happy to do that with any single day. So again, thank you, Kevin, for sharing your wisdom, your knowledge, your experience, and your expertise. And I will have all of these things linked below. And to anybody listening, I hope you have the most amazing day and that you've pulled a lot of value here from Kevin. And I'll see you here in the next one. Bye.